Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We are live. Go check us out on YouTube, Facebook. And catch the episode. One unique thing about uh, doing it on YouTube or Facebook is you get in between segments. You get all the juice, baby. You get all. It's a strong squeeze. It's a, str- it's a strong <laughs> squeeze. <laughs> Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. I am Adam Minahan here with David Niles. We have Juan on the buttons. He is back. Juan is uh, back controlling all of the camera angles, all of the live functions. Um, feels good to be back. We have ha- not had to ha- like comb your hair now and stuff. I know. I have to, yeah, put on a shirt. <laughs> uh, we, we haven't been on uh, YouTube. We haven't had a, a show on YouTube or Facebook. I know. It's been, a, like, it's been a what? minute. I don't know how long. But it has a been a minute. Feels good to be back. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it's snowing. It is snowing. My my aunt Anna came in and she and she's like, "Dad, it's snowing." I'm like, "No, it is not." She's like, "No, it's snowing." Mm-hmm. Turns out it was. It's snowing. I mean, it snowed pretty heavy out at my place. Really? Yeah. Uh, we so had a, we away. had a snowfall. We had a snowball fight. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, hey, yeah. you did a you and Pamela were just recently on the Messy Family Project yeah. podcast. Go check them out. Yeah, uh, really love their their show. Mike and Alicia Hernan, mm-hmm. um, they're just awesome. I just really like all the their insights into family. I mean, I think even the title really says it because once you you know like get into family life, it is messy. There's just nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just going to be messy mm-hmm. in a great way. Uh, but it's real. It, it is. is. It's, you know, it's like, this is it. This is, we're, we're in deep right now. These right. are, these are the, these are the moments. These are the days. Yeah. Someday we'll think back on about like, remember when we were in the thick of it? Like, this is the thick. Right. So, uh, yeah. I, would, I wish there was a way to, to notice that there was good old days when you're in the good old days. Right. Yeah. And that's an art dog. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, go check out their podcast. They do a great job. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm sure you guys did gr- phenomenal. Well, they um, they just have a way of making it easy to be interviewed. Sure. It's just good conversation. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're listening to the Catholic Man Show for the first time, we haven't done uh, the whole format of the episode in, in a while. It's been a minute, uh, but we're going to adhere to it this evening. We're men of tradition. Yeah. And so, we'll go back. started this tradition back in 2016, and so we'll... Um, we have a man gear today. That's what you're saying. Well, we have yeah. We're gonna do the whole episode episode where we have a drink, a gear, and a topic. So, what's our drink today, Adam? So, our our uh, drink this evening is it's called Oak and Eden. It's unique. Now they have plenty of different types of whiskeys. Uh, this one is unique insofar as it's in bottle finished. Mm-hmm. Like what what Which, is that? What does that mean? A lot of the purists are. Uh, you gonna know, throw snowballs at this, right? Idea. They are they are gonna 
they're going to scoff at this idea and you know rightly or wrongly sure so uh what it's a weeded bourbon weeded weeded you just say it right um and then it uh has a whiskey stick in it mm-hmm. a whiskey spire we've talked about the whiskey sticks oh years and years and years ago um i have two i haven't years and years four years it could be four years ago i mean it could have yeah, been. been um i have a couple i used to use them all the time um so what are they so it's a it's just a wood it's just an oak stick um that they char on a couple sides these at least the ones i have are charred um and so it's supposed to be like the barrel putting you're putting the barrel back into the bottle and um they actually have a drastic effect they will change your whiskey within a day um, so they say like, I, I think as I recall, it was like every 24 hours with the whiskey stick in the, in the whiskey is the equivalent of aging it for an additional three years, obviously with, um, diminishing returns, you know, Sure. but I used to go and buy the cheapest whiskey at the liquor store just to really put it to the test and then throw a whiskey stick in it for a week or so and then drink it. And it was, ne- it's not going to turn it into, wow, what a good what a good whiskey. But it turns it into a very drinkable whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It uh, will just make it really smooth, uh, really mellow out everything. That's what, you know, in the whiskey sticks in the past. Now, I, maybe they're doing something different with this whiskey stick because they have one here in the bottle. Yeah, so they have one here. So they age the whiskey for three years. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a whiskey. You know, instead of the second or the double barreling, which most people do, you know, they finish yeah. it in a different barrel. Yeah. Uh, instead of that, what they do is they, they put this whiskey spire in there and basically let you decide how long uh, you're going to let it age because it ages in the bottle. Yeah, which is a little difficult because you don't know how long it was sitting at the store, right? Does it right. say when it was like the date when it was bottled so that you know approximately how long it's been continuing That's to a good age? Question. I don't think so. Unless it was on here that we already ripped oh, it off. Maybe. I- um, it does not say that, but here's here's what it does say, and uh, I don't know if this is copyright infringement or not. With the Catholic match, I say just risk it. <laughs> well, the very first thing they say is in the back is here's to the creator. It's like, bro, that's our thing. Cheers to Jesus. Yeah, like this is us. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you know. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll let it slide. So, and then it said, this bottle is contained one of a kind of experience that made possible with four elements, spirit, wood, fire, and infusion. Carefully selected by you, the end result is a spirit that is completely unique, <coughs> made in the image and in your image and likeness. Here's to you and thank God for good whiskey. So, that it's unique because, you know, the longer you let it sit, the different, you know, it's going to taste different. So, not everyone's going to taste the same. So, this whiskey, to me, tastes very different from most whiskeys that I've had. I mean, it it almost tastes like a spiced, like it's spiced with like cinnamon and cloves. I mean, it, it has a lot of Krupnik Feel to similarities it. to me. Like it, like it actually has spices in it. Well, the uh, the proof is fifty eight percent, so it is strong. So it's, it's hot. Yeah. It, it, it honestly, it drinks really well for being fifty eight percent. It was bottled, it's bottled in Bridgeport, Texas. There's Can just something it about it that is a little off. And, one, and I'm not saying that it's bad. I think it's good. But it, I don't know. Uh, it has, it's a, like a little syrupy maybe. Um, the smell. The, the smell is of, of uh, like caramel, vanilla, 
um, str- like strong maple syrup. It's just so strong. Those the the smell and even the flavor, the on the finish, and it's a good strong finish. I like that. But it's like wow, that's all cinnamony and cinnamon on the yep on the end of the palate. I've uh, just never had anything that's that cinnamony at the end where they didn't actually put cinnamon in it's it. It's not like red hot cinnamons. It's like this like cinnamon, cinnamon toast. Cinnamon. cinnamon. Yeah. Like regular cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I like it. How much was it? Uh, I think it was, if I remember correctly, 55 bucks. Okay. So it's unique. Mm-hmm. It's a unique piece. That is a lot for a three for a three-year-old whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, you're getting the whiskey stick in there. They're not that expensive, but. And it could be, yeah, you age it for however long you want. Which you could do this with any whiskey anyway. Correct. Yeah. No. But we're drinking them with our Catholic Mansion Glen Karen glasses. Hmm. You can check those out. These, these make great Christmas gifts. Some say the best Christmas gifts. Some do say this. Some yes. say that. Uh, it is a Glen Karen glasses, a whiskey glass made by science to uh, make your whiskey taste better. And your drinking experience altogether tastes better. One thing that Especially we do, when it has our logo on it, I feel right. like that really makes the whiskey taste better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we give those to all of our patrons, uh, especially those who are uh, not all of our patrons. Anybody ten ten dollars a month or more. Here's the deal: you sign up for ten dollars or or more a month for on our Patreon. We lose money the first month by sending you these because they cost us more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to send them to you, and then um, you know. Hopefully you stick around for a little so while. Don't don't do that. Yeah, don't 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 stay. Just sign up. And sign up for a month and, and then cancel. Uh, but one thing we do as you will you will upset Jim if you do that. Right. Uh, one thing that we do for our for our patrons during Christmas time is our annual Christmas cookies. Oh yeah. So if you have not signed up as a patron member, you go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. You'll receive uh, some delicious Catholic Man Show Christmas cookies. Uh, made by uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, she has what's it, what's it called? Uh, Dizzy Lizzie, yes, cupcakery. Yeah, Dizzy Lizzie cupcakery. There are only two ways to get Catholic Man Show cookies. The first and most sure way is to become a Patreon member. The second way is to know somebody who's a Patreon member and you try to steal the cookies from them. <laughs> Cannot advise method number two. It's not worth it. Go the former route. Right. There is a virtuous way and an invirtuous way. Mm-hmm. So go, go, go check us out uh, on Patreon and support the show. 100% of your donations for Patreon goes right back into the show. We don't, we don't take any of the, that money. We only build uh, up the show with that money. So 100% of your donation goes right back into the show. It's always nice. Check that out. And I, I could hear people asking me about, I, I actually heard them in my microphone, like saying, Dave. Well, wait, microphones don't. In the headphone, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear through the microphone, actually. That is it's impressive. A gift. It's a gift. Yeah, that is impressive. Um, Dave, how do you uh, get your logo onto the Glen Karen glass? And the answer is, of course, with lasers. It's laser etched with lasers. Dishwasher safe is this glass. It really is a marvel. No doubt. Patreon.com. Slash the Catholic Mancho. You can also check us out on CatholicMancho.com. We have uh, beer glasses, 16 ounce beer uh, can glasses, which are awesome. We've not really sold very many of those because we haven't pushed them at we all. We forget to tell people sometimes. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, but we also have those. So go check, check that out. Then make great Christmas gifts. Uh, we'll be right back.
The hosts of the Catholic Man Show have produced a practical, helpful, and spiritual uplifting book that helps parents make the connection between church and the domestic church. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place reminds every Catholic family of their daily duties, responsibilities, and privileges to help each other become saints. That endorsement is from Father Leo Padalingha. Go check out our new book from Ascension Press. You can go to ascensionpress.com or just Google Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Pick one up for you, for your family, for your friends. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a review so that way others can be made aware of the book as well. We want to thank Father Leo Padalinghug for his endorsement of our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Juan Posada is in the house. Lest you fear we were going to crash and burn. We have a driver. So, uh, we're sitting here drinking some oak and even. Could, could make you feel better about the situation. Right. Could make you feel like, worse. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Juan's driving. There's a reason why his wife usually drives, I think. No, that's not the case. Not, I guess not since you became a citizen. <laughs> right? Because she used to drive. Yeah. Okay, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, um, we're drinking some Oak and Eden in bottle, finished uh, Amer- we, American we, whiskey. We we did bourbon. It is a bourbon. Okay, <clears throat> so um, check it out. It it is it's different, mm-hmm. but maybe you like it. Uh, our uh, man gear for the day is a tombstone headstone. Yeah, is there a difference? I don't know. I was going to ask you. I think that I well I use them tomb. interchangeably. Yeah, tomb. You probably put. Actually, I don't know. I'm going to make that up. I think that they could be used interchangeably. Uh, maybe somebody out there knows that maybe there's some... Email Dave about like, it. ...like burial philosopher who is able to make a distinction between mm. between these two things. I, I, I think they're the same. Headstone, tombstone. It's also appropriate being in the month of November. Yes. All uh, Souls Day. All Souls, all souls yeah. Or... Some people call it uh, David Niles' baptism anniversary. Some people do say that. Because that's also a big deal, same day. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, were you? did you make it to the cemetery this year? I did not. No, I, I really wanted to on All Souls Day. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was out of town, and we're, uh, we're doing the one-car situation. Gotcha. And so you would so, have had to walk. So I would have had to walk. And I did uh, Google how long it would have taken me, and it would have taken me about... You know, about an hour and a half to get there, hour and a half back. So I said, I debated about it for <laughs> half a second, and I said, you know what? I'm going to pray right here. You should have called me. I'd have, I'd have picked you up. Uh, yeah, probably should have. Yeah, you should have. But I, I, I did pray. Okay. But it was just not at the tombstone or at the cemetery, which is a tradition in the Manhattan house typically to do this. Uh, unfortunately, Haley's uncle passed away uh, just a couple of days before, right. and so we we've been doing doing that his funeral was his funeral was uh but the day after or something yeah. so we've been uh working through that we were working through that but uh one of the things that we do on all souls day typically is we go to the cemetery as a family mm-hmm. uh we and we we pray the rosary and one of the things that we do is you know each kid gets to lead a decade of the rosary uh and i you know we all we all lead a decade of the rosary and uh we will say the person's name for each hail mary on the tombstone, so we we'll go to the first tombs, you know, tombstone. Uh, say that person's name, pray the Hail Mary, 
next tombstone, say that person's name, pray the Hail Mary, and we just kind of work our way down mm-hmm. uh, the cemetery. Now, at the beginning, we, all, we say this, is, this rosary is for everybody in, this, you know, in the cemetery, uh, all, all, for all the souls of the faith that departed. Uh, but by, I, I, I've noticed that by making sure it's a, a person, like saying their name, praying for them by name, my kids take interest in it much more because they want to know, well, how old was he when he died? Mm-hmm. You know, did he go to, you know, was he a veteran? They don't say veteran, but they say like, did he go to war? Because mm-hmm. you can always, you know, they typically have that. Yeah. Um, you know, is this a priest or is this a religious? You know, there's so many things you can tell by the tombstone. Yeah. And so uh, it gives, you know, it, it just kind of is more of a, I don't know, like a, a real, tan- it's not a tangible thing, but it's more, it makes it more realistic yeah. by, by bringing up their names. Sure. Um, and so yeah, that's what we typically do. Uh, this, this year was a little off. And you know, it's good on All Souls Day to visit people of, you know, the graves of people that you knew, pray for them. Mm-hmm. But it's also good just to kind of do what you're talking about and maybe find an area of the cemetery where maybe he's not and the older areas probably no one visits anymore mm-hmm. because the people who knew them they're probably also dead you know right. and so what a blessing for those souls to have someone still coming and praying, a, and praying for, them, for them by name specifically right exactly um which might not happen very often you know right. who knows and so that that could who exactly who knows you could be the thing you could yours could be the prayer that makes the difference for them entering into the kingdom of God. Right, exactly. And uh, how awesome is it going to be? God willing, you make it to heaven, and then you get to like meet all the all the people who you helped get into heaven. Yeah. And let me tell you, once they get into heaven, they're going to have a devotion to pray to for you. you. Right. That's what I. Like so to it's all about. about being selfish here. That is my. That's my motivation. <laughs> I mean. Nothing motivates me like me. You know what I mean? Juan, <laughs> um, you have the, the, the difference? Yes. Okay. So the headstone typically was the one that was on top of a concrete slab mm-hmm. above. So it was standing up. Mm-hmm. The so tomb is above. The tomb is the one that's like flat on the, on the, on the ground. So if you stand up like mm, 90 degrees, okay. it's All a right. headstone. Tombstone is a flat Okay, we're like the whole we, we sarcophagus of, was, you know. We the saw a lot of, of those in Ireland. Yeah. Yes, people buried in the like in the church itself. Right. Um, that good distinction. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Juan. Good to know. Good to know. So the Minahan tombstone story. Did you know there was one? Yes, uh, I think. Yeah, I think so. But uh, you know, so small world, right? My my family and Pamela, your wife's family. Mm-hmm. They came to uh, Blaine, Kansas, a small little town in Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, and, and like immigrated towards to that to that little town together. It is a small town, and yeah, it is tiny. But they, you know, her family, my family, yeah. were there. Super crazy. It is crazy. Uh, when my when my I guess it would be two greats uncles. Uh, when he was there, he was a little bit of a drinker, and one night he was uh, drinking. Maybe we had. A little too much. Uh, caught up to him a little bit. Okay. And he started worrying about uh, not having enough money to have a headstone. And he was like, well, I'm going to go make one. in case Right I, now. In ca- yeah, in case I die. And so he like just went home drunk and started making his headstone and made it. And uh, it is his headstone. 
How is it? It is terrible. Yeah. (laughs) It's like uh, he probably put like boards together, poured concrete in it, uh, made it a little bit of a, you know, I don't know. It's probably four to six inches high. And then he took a stick basically and wrote Minahan. That's it. And that's it. And his it is uh, on just, his headstone. Just Minahan. Just Minahan. Because he didn't know he was, when he was going to die, so he couldn't like put. But he didn't dates, even put like his first, his first name. name. Nope. I have a picture of it, uh, and it's in it's in. Uh, and the next day, he died. No. And then, or even like several days later, he still thought this was a. This good is idea. a good idea. This is what I'm going to use. I guess at the end of his life, he really didn't have any money for a headstone. I, I think that's true. There, because yeah, there's. I imagine that, that that if he did, very hard up. They'd have been like, yeah. You know what? Let's get a better one. You know what, Jim? We're gonna we're gonna buy you one. Right. No yeah. problem. You actually you did have some money. Right. You lost. So and that's we found it. That's uh the Minahan headstone wow. story. So um today I text you. After our last episode, as I was leaving, we were I don't remember what we were talking about, but I remember going telling you that would be a great man gear. We should do that. Mm-hmm. And then today was trying to remember what was it that I said we were going to do a man gear of, and so I, I text you and, and thank God you remembered. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that is a good man gear. Having forgotten all of that throughout this week, and trying to remember what it was, it wasn't just today I was trying to remember. I had still been thinking about my own headstone all week, and had totally forgotten that that was in yeah. fact the man gear that we were going to use. And so I had been thinking about okay. Here's the strategy if you can afford it. This is an investment. This is an investment. Like almost no other investment. Right. Because it could be the difference between you going to heaven or hell. Depending on like, hey. Or at least, well. Or getting out of purgatory sooner. Yeah. I don't think I mean, the difference between heaven and hell. It could be. Uh, I don't the, know. How? The, uh, the, the Lord might show you mercy when you otherwise don't deserve it simply because of the prayers of a, of a holy person. Okay. Uh, I think, I believe that there's a precedent for that between like uh, people who were married to saints, they prayed for them, and like even though their husband was sc- was a scoundrel, like because well, of their prayers. There's, there's biblical. Uh, right. Because yeah. of the prayers, even the scoundrel gets into heaven. You yeah. know? So I'll take, I'll take whatever I can get. That's the thing. But you have to have a headstone that's more interesting or bigger than the, all the other ones around. Or at least intentional. It needs to draw you... When people survey the field of headstones, there needs to be something about yours that people want to go look at. It needs to be attractive in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want mine to say something on it. And I've, this is what I've been thinking about all week. Is what You're you, like, I told you I was sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you you didn't stuff. believe me. <laughs> I wanted to say something like, Dear brother, you may not know me, but please pray for my soul. Before it says anything about like the hobbies I had in life. Yeah. Or like yeah, nobody I, cares if I like to play the piano or not. That's not the thing I want on my headstone. I want it to say something like that. Dear brother, you may not know me. Please pray for my soul. But please pray for me, you know. Um, and my wife's, maybe I can convince her to say, dear sister, yeah. you may not know me, but please pray for my soul. I also would like to have uh, some kind of Marian aspect to my headstone. Mm-hmm. I would like that. Right. That'd I've seen sweet. some really b- beautiful ones. If you go to uh, like Baton Rouge or uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, 
you know, their churches right outside is where all of the cemeteries are, the Catholic cemeteries. Like, yeah. you walk out of the church, and there's, there's, the, the, cemetery, there's yeah. the cemeteries. And they have some beautiful headstones and tombstones, uh, very intentional, intentionally Catholic ones yeah. that are gorgeous. And I mean, it is an investment, because people will, come and, people will come and see, and it is expensive, but man, it... Because the, aver- the average is about $1,500. Yeah. And so, I, if you get a big one, it's going to be a lot more than that. Right. We'll be right back. Think of the men in your life. Your brother, your father-in-law, your neighbor, your coworker, the guy who sits in front of you in, in mass every single Sunday. How are you going to help these guys find freedom as sons of God and help them start living the Christian life? I mean, that's what we're called to do in baptism, right? And one concrete way we can do that to make disciples of men is invite them to Exodus 90 that begins January 9th, 2023. Exodus 90 leads men on a 90-day journey through the book of Exodus, taking them back to the fundamentals of the faith. This is prayer, self-denial, and brotherhood. Dave, the crazy thing is 99% of the people who do Exodus 90 report greater freedom from worldly attachments when they finish. And what's more, doing Exodus 90 in a fraternity versus going it alone can actually make or break a man's 90 days. Right. So again, ask yourself, who are the men in your life that could benefit from doing Exodus 90 this year? Think of their faces in your mind. Right now. Now, outside of your mind, write them down. Make an actual list. The worst thing they can do is say no to you. That's right. And then take action. Take the list of prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit about it and ask the Holy Spirit how you can help them. The Exodus 90 team has created a free resource. This guide will help you in your journey to freedom and help you share the journey with other men. Check out exodus90.com slash catholicmanshow to get your free guide. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Again, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook. We continue the conversation about headstones. Mm-hmm. In between. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tonight, we're going to talk about peace. Which uh, I had no... I did resting not, in peace. Did not make the correlation until we got here that... With the headstone. Hey, this is, you know, this... In the month of November. I mean, the peace in November, you know, and also Advent's coming up. An advent. Um, we we you know. There's so many. My things. last topic we talked about Christ the King in preparation for Christ the King Sunday, which is coming up this Sunday. Um, to don't like Christ the King Sunday is the day to to like really really Sunday hard. I think last day of the liturgical year. Yeah, I can never remember if it's the last day of the year or if it's the first day of the. I know it's like it's you, the last. I know you always say like Happy New Year's on Christ the, the King. It's the last. Okay, that's good. I just can never remember. There is this, is hey, this the first or no, the last? To, no, to, because he's the he's both. He's the alpha and the omega, and so right. it's confusing. It's like a circle. Are we going backwards or forwards right now? Hard to say. <laughs> um. So anyway, the we do have we have a lot of tranquility of order here today on the show, which is actually the definition of peace. Nice. Yeah. So I feel good about it. I'm at I'm at rest. Nice. With with how things are going. I dig. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, Advent is coming up. Uh, so let me throw this out there to you. Throw it. Uh, read this uh, actually today. Uh, Aquinas says uh, the uh, the order uh, ordering one's life is the task of a wise man. Order is yeah, like that is the thing that we should all be striving for, especially since we wrote the book. Our book, Living Beyond Sunday, How to Make Your Home a Holy Place. Check that out. Um, 
Can you screenshot that? One it long? makes you like it. Ma- it's made me really think a lot about order because that's really what you're striving for, also in the domestic church. And then you realize, oh, that's what I'm striving for all the time. Yes, is to have things well ordered, especially the spiritual life. The spiritual life is essentially ordering. You're just wanting to get things well ordered, whether it's your appetites, your desires, um, you know, your your virtues. You want to have mm-hmm. well ordered virtues. I mean. There's this thing that happens when you start learning about virtue that no matter what virtue you're talking about, they all end up blending together. They all kind of end up becoming the same thing. It's like, oh, all the virtues are order. All the virtues are charity. All the virtues are prudence. In some ways, all the virtues are justice, right? Uh, And so it's like, oh, justice does kind of encompass all of the others. Order encompasses all of the... And it's just this weird thing. They have their own individual meaning and uh, place and practice, but they also end up in the pot with all the others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's important to talk about peace and to really be thinking about peace as we approach Advent. Mm. To me, um, Advent is a is a time for peace. It's a penitential season, but it's it's a it's a it's different from Lent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think our penance should be more ordered towards peace mm-hmm. um, instead of like in Lent. Maybe it's more ordered towards um, just uh, the cross, ascetics, the cross, the cross. Yeah, thank you. That's a good way to put it. But here in, in Advent, it, it, is, it should be a more peaceful penitential season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so peace is the tranquility of order. And I want to talk about that for a second, because a, a lot of people have this idea of peace where I think they would define it as the absence of conflict. Okay. Okay, and that's not what peace is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, Thomas Aquinas talks about this in the Summa. He says whether... He, one of the questions is whether uh, peace is the same as con- as conco- concord. Okay. And he says that, yes, uh, you need concord to have peace, but peace is more than just just that. So it's not just the absence of conflict. Okay. Um, so if you think about, this is, a, I think, a great analogy. Which is what he meant by concord, right? Uh, yeah, the absence of conflict, right? Just want to make sure. Yeah, or accord. I think today we would say in accord, in accord, things are yeah in accord, in accordance with accord, right? Yeah, it's like everything is like copacetic, in place. Yeah, um, but if you think about a classroom full of children, oh man, I'm the, already have anxiety. There's three of there's three classrooms here. In the first classroom, it's chaos. You know, kids mm-hmm. are arguing with each other. They're not sitting at their desks. Okay, um, it's just the teacher can't get control of them. Obviously, that's not peace. Uh, in the next classroom, everything is quiet and nobody is arguing with each other. Um, but this is still not peace. Okay. In the third classroom, I'm more peaceful. Yes, it feels better. Yeah, it's way better. Oh, right. definitely, no doubt, better. In the third classroom, the children are all standing in a ray, singing as a choir. That is tranquility of order. So there's a difference between simply the kids are not fighting with each other in that second classroom, and in the third classroom, they are all working 
They're all filling and playing a specific part in order to achieve a, a, this um, like higher good. That is peace. That is where you have the tranquility of order. Okay. Um, and so I think that is important to keep in mind that this is, that's what we're striving for when we have peace. It's not just, hey, nothing's wrong. It's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's, if it's not exactly the, the, like the best version, then it's not, not yet full peace. Okay? Okay. I like that. Yeah. So, um, most of what, I, most of what we're going to be pulling from today, most of what I'm pulling from today is from The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. I've heard of it. Uh, if I had to be locked, uh, like stranded on an island with only one book aside from the Bible, I think, it, it, for me, it's tough, but it's either between um, Imitation of Christ or... Um, really? Yeah. I, when, did you, when have you read that? Oh, I read, I read it. Uh, I've read it a couple times. Really? Mm-hmm. I, have, I have very rarely heard you talk about it. It's just one of those books that you, you can you can read the same so you can read the same page over and over and over again. Like you can just have that same one page, you know, and oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, every single page is just it's such a gut punch every single time when you're talking about, "Hey, this, you know, these are the things that m- are most important in your life. These are the is things like that you manual? should be doing." Yes. Yeah, it's it's re- it's ordered really interestingly. It's ordered up into three books, so to speak. Um, and then towards the end, it's actually a conversation between uh, you and Christ. And Christ, I mean, it's not, it's not like oh, Christ appeared to him and, mm-hmm. and gave him these, but he's writing the words of Christ, and they're incredibly beautiful, and like they cut you to the quick. So, have you, have you read it? I have not. Oh, man. Like, it's, a, it's a treasure trove. And it's ordered also in questions. So, like, or it's like very topical you know, on how man should best understand this, how to best overcome this, you know? So, like, it's okay. really easy to reference, and um, it's, each one is not long. I mean, he writes... I, ha- I have the book. He writes very I just quickly. I read it. Yeah, you should, you should do- open it. Um, so, what I've done here is just go through where he talks about peace in different sections, and we're going to be pulling from that. Um, so, first of all, virtue, I just want to say, is not... Are we talking about leisure at all through this? No. Wow, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna talk about peace. We can, we can, we can talk we're about not talking about leisure. Um, we're, we're, we're talking I'm, about rest. I think it's a great idea. We can. Um, it's not in any of my notes, but that doesn't matter. Okay. So, uh, peace is not a virtue, according to Saint Thomas Aquinas. He asks this question whether whether peace is a virtue, and he answers that no, um, it's a result of charity. I like that. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, one virtue can have several causes. Charity has several causes. Peace is one of them. So, you know, charity being, you know, I don't know. This is dangerous because I'm just working this out in my head live. Uh, so, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, if charity is like willing the good of the other, uh, you know, the first two commandments, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, if, you know, peace is... The train, uh, say that again. What was the definition there? Tranquility of order. Yeah, tranquility of order. And then, like, what was it in? Re- oh, it was a it is a result of yeah. uh, charity. It's like a fruit of charity. A fruit of charity. So that would be like you know you have everything ordered insofar as that you have uh, love of God and love of neighbor and willing the good of those things. That would be very well ordered. Thus, peace. Right. It's also fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, that's true as well. Yeah. So he uses the example that um, uh, for though fire by heating both liquefies and rarefies, there are not two powers in fire, one of liquefaction and the other of rarefication. Rarefication meaning purification? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, And fire produces all such actions by its one power of calefaction. I think that means heating. So anyway, um, how to gain peace. Let's talk about that. Okay, I like that idea. Yeah, let's do it. So these order one's life. Order one's life. That is okay. Well, great. I I have nothing to. This is the Catholic Man Show without a man handed David. Blew through all my notes, (laughs) bro. Sorry. Um, Sorry. One thing that one thing that Thomas Akempis says, uh, which I thought was interesting: a peaceful man does more good than a learned man. A peaceful man does more good than a learned man. Well, yeah, I mean, you can see that, right? Like, there's uh, saints who didn't know how to read. Right. And then there are uh, philosophers like Immanuel Kant who knew how to read, mm-hmm. who totally, you know, rejected the idea, basically, of God. Think about if you were a learned, peaceful man. Oh, man. Thomas Aquinas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see what he did? <laughs> uh, Francis de Sales. A lot of guys. A lot of guys. A lot of guys. And, and gals. Yeah. All right, we'll keep talking about peace on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really, you know, oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because, you know, they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back. This is The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with that. A minute ham. Oh! Uh! Talking about peace. Peace, baby. Rend your hearts, baby. Reese's Pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about how to gain peace. All right. I like it. Uh, because this is something that a lot of people don't have. Um, and that a lot of people... Hey, hold on. We were, they uh, really uh, struggle. I, I have to get this out. Okay. I held this in and I, uh, I was just like, hurting that I wasn't there yesterday. So in, in the middle of the break, uh, we were talking about reading Crito. Uh, something completely our, unrelated. <laughs> something yeah. completely unrelated. Again, another reason why to, to join uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, but I had a phenomenal joke I was going to open up with that I didn't get a chance to go with. Share it. And I, and I was going to like, you know, at the beginning, Deacon Garlic talks about like, uh, you know, what do you guys think of the text? And uh-huh. I, I'm, I was going to start like looking at it like I was just completely confused and I was going to just be like, I thought we were all reading the Creed in Spanish. <laughs> the Credo. 
and I was like ready. To, like I had practiced it. Like I was ready. I was excited because it was like a good joke that I made up. And me believo. <laughs> that El credo. Especially because the audiobook that I listened to it, it was more like credo. You guys say like credo. 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 Yeah, but it's like credo. Some people credo. say credo. Yeah. Credo, credo. And I was like, you know, like, oh, I had, I, I text messaged, like, when I knew I was going to go, I text messaged Deacon Garlic. I was like, here's my joke. Feel free to use it. He did not. And he, he goes, I'll ponder it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Such charitable it's not that Not that Deacon doesn't tell jokes. <laughs> right. It's just like. And he tells good ones, but. Uh, he doesn't tell bad ones. They're like, it's only on his timing. Right. You know? Right. Anyway, I just had to get that out. I, I just felt, it. Because I really liked that joke too bad it's unfortunate maybe, i but I, I was able to use maybe it next time you're in a I, I, I was able to use it yeah um, you got it out there yeah so peace okay let's go back now that you've ruined everyone's with your joke <laughs> just kidding it was all right it was okay but really there's a lot of people out there who um like i think this is something that they just yearn for you know that they just don't have peace in their life and that things right. are a struggle that's right um they just don't feel Mm. They don't don't feel like, um, like what they do matters. You right. know that. Do you want me to tell the, my JPT story that I did? Sure. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. If, if you think it, it's good. In. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is something that I was talking about uh, in one of my uh, talks that I gave at. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. At a, a diocesan event, and we were talking about communication because that's what I'm the communications director for the diocese of Tulsa, and I said like. St. John Paul II had such a unique way of communicating the gospel to people. And why was that? Like in 1979, he came to Washington, D.C., and he uh, gave, an, he gave a, a, an address, and thousands of young Catholics gathered around. And they were all there to hear what he was having to say. And at the end of his talk, they all started saying, JP2, we love you. JP2, we love you. And so he heard that. And came back to the mic and said, perhaps I love you more. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, the crowd erupted. Like, they were all, like, you know, cheering. That's what it's They were all, exi- you know, all excited, you know. And it's like, well, why is that? Why, why did they love him so much and he loved them so much? Well, at the beginning of his talk, he said, uh, friends, I bring you the peace and joy of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The peace and joy of Jesus Christ. And it's like, this is what people want, right? They want in this world of chaos, in this world of uncertainty, in the world of anxiety and depression and uh, hopelessness and despair. What do they want? They want peace. Mm-hmm. They want hope. It's what we're made for. You know, like our, that's what we'll have rest and peace. Right. At the end of our life with God forever. I mean, that's, this is, what we all yearn for at our like we have a deep desire because we know God made us for this and if we don't have it there's just something that's not right right because um, we know that we deserve something greater than what we have and when we have it when we obtain it what's the first thing you want to do you want to share it mm-hmm. like when I have something that's so great in the weekend the first thing I, I I think about like you know if something happens in my family something awesome that happens with one of my kids, do something amazing. I think about like I can't wait to tell Dave and Juan about this, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to share this good thing. And so, when you have this piece, what do you want to do? You want to share it. Yeah. So here's and how so, to anyway. here's how to get it. 
Let's get it. Because you, if you can't share what you do not have, so a, a fundamental principle that Aristotle we, talks we, about. We talk about that a lot on the show. He rips us off. He's always doing that. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that Thomas Akempis says is he says true peace of heart is found in resisting the passions. Mm. So suppressing the appetites. Right. Um, if you are a person who is always like satisfying your passions, satisfying your appetites beyond beyond what temperance would command, mm-hmm. then that is going to create a, a it's going to crowd out your peace is what it's going to it's do. It's going to create unrest because right. what you're doing is just not ordered and uh, That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, he he also says to live in obedience as as much as possible. Um, he said it is a very great thing to obey to live under a superior and not be one's own master, for it is much safer to be the subject than it is to command. This is a Catholic hack, right? Like if you can find somebody who basically is telling you, like, here's your spiritual director that tells you how to live your life, right? And you, in full obedience, say, "I will do exactly what you say." Then you have such a, a, a freedom. It's one of the one of the great uh, beauties of Exodus ninety mm-hmm. that you submit yourself to a rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it doesn't have to be Exodus ninety, but if if you don't have a spiritual director, if you can't, like, it's just not right. prudent or whatever. Um, give yourself a rule. The, I mean, uh, Saint Benedict. His the rule of Saint Benedict became so Popular. famous, and to this day is just this incredible rule that's mm-hmm. still used. Almost, almost in its entirety. Um, Clear Creek Abbey. Uh, not very few people use it. All of it because they don't get up in the like. Very few people get up at like three o'clock or whatever it is in right. the morning. But um, he also says, uh, "Do not concern yourself with what others say about you." This is the hard. This is hard. This is very hard, and it's like, yeah, and, yeah. That's it's like one thing to say that, right? Exactly, because there's it's nothing some, to do it, it. Like there's some people who the disposition like you have. You have a, a disposition where. You very rarely care about what other people say about you, except for the the people that are in your like super inner circle, right? Right. If 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 one of us in this room, your wife, you know, your parents, I do like care. That, I try to just get over it quickly. You, well, you do a really good job of mm-hmm. that. Uh, that's probably not my disposition. Also, being like incredibly absent-minded helps, because <laughs> you just accidentally move on. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's really hard to to do. Like, yeah, we all like want to you know be people who are liked. We want to be loved, right? And so uh, it's hard whenever you get criticisms. Like you get criticisms from all sorts of different things. But it's it, that that it's hard to absorb. Yeah, sometimes. Right. Uh, but it, it, that is important. You gotta have like remember um, what is what really matters. And that the, these the opinion of others, yeah, but is not one of the things that, that actually matters, right? But sometimes that thought, like, uh, just sits, it engulfs like your your thought process to the point of like you can't pray very well because you're yeah. thinking about oh, this. I know, yeah. You're thinking about this one person, what they said, what you should have said back, or mm-hmm. like you know how you should have reacted when you didn't react this way, or you know whatever it is that's just consuming. I've your I've caught myself getting wrapped up in like something that a politician said. And interfering with yeah. my prayer life. You know, I'm sitting there Nancy. having this imaginary argument with a politician and winning, obviously. Well, it's not uh, very hard. Nancy's not that great. I mean, I came up with some good things to say. I mean, I can't remember any of them now, but. Right. But, but so what I try to do is I, so when that happens to me, here's what I do. And I, I I've been having to do this w- with this specific thing recently is uh, I, I, I bind that thought, thought to the foot of the cross. 
mm-hmm. and let the Lord take it for and, and do with what He wills. And then I ask immediately for the grace of forgetfulness from Our Lady. Yeah, that's oh, that's beautiful. I mean, that's the, the, it's like this combo, this one-two combo that I all, like immediately do. In fact, because there was times where I was in adoration, I was in, in, you know in the chapel, I was praying, and I was just constantly being bombarded by this thought, and it wouldn't, it would not go away. And so I just finally said, you know what? This thought, I'm putting it at the foot of the cross. Lord, you do with it as you will. And Mary, please give me the grace to forget about it. There have been other times where I've tried to do something like that. I haven't done it exactly that way, but. Then I realized, perhaps God simply wants me to endure this. Um, this, like, distract, this thought that, like, just is, was kind of, like, taking away, it was just bothering me, you know? It wasn't taking away my peace, per se, but it sort of was, because it just, like, ah, oh, like, why can't I get this out of my head? But once I realized, like, perhaps God simply wants me to endure it, I was willing to do that, and then it, it stopped uh, taking my peace away from me. It's like, when it happened, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, this is just something I have to put up with, and mm. I, I will put up with it for the sake of His will. He, if He wills it, I, I accept it. You know, and so just the resignation. Once again, it kind of goes back to obedience. Now I'm like, I don't know if this is for me or not, but hey, if this is His will, I'm I'm willing to obey. Right. I'm willing to I'm willing to whatever you want, God. I'm yeah. here. I'm your servant. Yeah. And so that just that resignation to it, like it just kind of wasn't a thing anymore. It just didn't bother me. Hmm. Um. Uh. So he says. He says this that now all our peace in this miserable life is found in humbly enduring. So, oh, I didn't even mean this is really gonna piggyback what I was just saying. Um, is found in humbly enduring suffering rather than in being free from it. He who knows best how to suffer will enjoy the greater peace because he is the conqueror of himself, the master of the world, a friend of Christ, and an heir of heaven. I also want to say, um, if you're if you're struggling with peace, remain in a state of grace. Perhaps, perhaps you need to go to confession. Often, God, out of love for us, will seek to disturb our peace in order to rouse us to return to Him. I just want to get that in before we we end. That um, state of grace is the ultimate source of peace. We're out of time on the radio. Go check us out on thecatholicmanager.com. May uh, God grant you His peace this this season. Cheers to Jesus. So here's something that I've actually discussed with uh, Bishop Condrilla in the other podcast that I'm in, the other big podcast that I'm yeah. in. Oh, uh, you know, that yeah, other the one. other one. Uh, I was talking to... We were Tulsa talking, Time. Tulsa Time. Go, with Bishop, yeah, yeah, go check it out. Yeah, uh, you can, if you look up Eastern Oklahoma Catholic, you'll find that and then a lot of other podcasts that we're, we're putting mm-hmm. out. Uh, but I was ta- we were talking actually about... Uh, peace, because we were talking. Uh, that this is an episode. This is a sneak peek because this episode hadn't been uh, released yet. Because right. we were talking about, uh, you know, you're you're bringing your family in. A lot of times, like uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas holidays, is mm-hmm. a joyous time, but it's also a super stressful time because not everybody. Fighting. Yeah, you, not everybody. Like not family all gets together, and uh, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of because you have that one cousin who doesn't like your Trump shirt. It's like you ridiculous. Know? And it's like and, well, they don't. And they, then, they don't understand. It just matches your Trump hat. Perfectly. Right. And then, so so then your, your mom was like, please don't bring up politics. And you're like, fine, as you're pouring Trump wine. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> With my Trump tie-in. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I that, can't that figure out, I can't figure out why everybody gets so mad every holiday. <laughs> I say that's a joke. Um, my friend told me that she had a, uh, a uh, his wife came in and her, her brother, they have, we have a Trump mug. For coffee, and he accidentally dropped it. 
It's like, okay. Shots fired. Yeah. No, no like, peace in this household today. You know what? It's like, we all got to get over Trump. Like, stop it. But anyway. It's uh, just funny. I'm getting everyone a Trump Chia pet for Christmas, <laughs> which is a real thing. It is a real thing. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, but what we were talking about, like, how do we, how do we, like, have this peace in this chaotic time? Yeah. Like, uh, that brings a lot of heartache, brings a lot of, like, frustration to a lot of people, right? How do we do this? Uh, and we talked about how the more anxiety that you have, the more uh, depression maybe that you have uh, w- regarding this thing, if you realize it and then you point yourself outward to helping others and intentionally make yourself available to others and intentionally uh, try to lift other people up, it's amazing how not only do you help that person and and re- in like uh, showing them the light, you know, so to speak, but it also lifts your spirit and you, you know, th- this whole being the salt of the earth, like takes place. And, um, you know, it actually kind of brings you out of this inward spiral that you were, uh, you know, that was taking place. It's amazing how, uh, serving other people will just make you feel better. Right. I mean, if, if you just don't, if, if you're down, depressed, like go, um, do some service. To, like go to a soup kitchen, mm-hmm. um, or do something, do something charitable for somebody. Right. Now, obviously, there are uh, health that you need to right. go see a doctor. Yeah, but, but like I'm just saying, like it's not going to cure your depression, right? But it will make you feel better, right? I mean, like you will feel, you should feel good when you serve other people, right? Um, so, Dave, what about this? You know, people so many things. Like, Peace and happiness go hand in hand, right? Mm. But then you have this concept of happiness more linked to, like, excitement that the culture brings up as, like, try new things and, like, you know, do your own thing and how it's is more rooted in joy, the joyful part of happiness than that tranquil happiness that is, is a... Everlasting happiness. Yeah, I mean, first of all, to talk about happiness, it's, that's difficult because how do you even define it? There, you, if you ask people to define happiness, you're going to get so many different, mm-hmm. so many different definitions, and you know, so it could just be all over the place. I feel like the culture, when they talk about happiness, they talk about the right um, to pursue selfish interests. You know, like oh, you should you know take care of yourself, do that for you. You know, like, oh, pursue your goals. You know, like, well, f- what about your responsibilities? You know, like, you don't, you don't go just, like, get to go pursue your passions because you want to. Like, you might have kids to raise, you know, like, you've always wanted to be uh, a grass sculpture. You know, like, it's just been my life's dream to do sculptures in grass, and it's just my passion. It's like, well, you know what? You need to put that to bed. Okay, because you got kids and uh, you're not going to be able to provide for them with whatever that is that you're talking. You know, it's like you just hear some people's like, oh, it's my passion to do this. It's like, well, you can't. All right. Well, because, yeah, I mean, because I think the, the understanding of what happiness is. But that's what I think the culture like. That's right. what the culture is telling you. Oh, you need to right. do that to be happy. And it's right. like, no, you don't. Right. It, you know what you need to do to be happy? You need to stop thinking about that. Uh, you know, living the good life. Yeah. You need to like that's, pursue pursue virtue and um, live your vocation. 
And both of those things are arduous. Right. Both of those things are not something that uh, gives you immediate satisfaction. Yeah. The happiest people are the people who work the hardest. Uh, for like in, that are ordered, uh, well ordered. Yeah, I, yeah. Like there's yeah. a lot of I, I don't. There. I don't mean the the workaholics. Yeah. No, but I mean the people who work hard at what they do, and um, come home at the end of the day. You know, and now they're not working. You know, they they work hard during the day at something that is important. You know, something that they do, whatever it is. The people who are happiest. Like this, uh, we were saying this before the, uh, the episode is like what John, Cut- Dr. John Cutterback said was like the people who are actually the happiest is when their potential is fully actualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That is when uh, they're the, ha- that's when they're at rest mm-hmm. because that's what they're made for. Like whenever you are fully a- capable of doing what you are called to do, this is the, uh, the most satisfaction you get out of life, this is the the most that you feel like, I am alive, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm at rest, I'm at peace with everything, uh, because I know I have the sense that I am doing what I am called to do. (coughs) And so, uh, I mean, those were philosophical terms that somebody smarter than me, like Dr. John John Cutterback said, but that's that's the reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, when there's just so much selfishness in the culture, right? And, and no, 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 I agree. That yeah. is just going to make you so miserable, right? Yeah, because I mean, so yeah, because you are not enough for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that we we this is like a basic thing about theology of the body. We kind of talked about when we did an episode on it several weeks ago. That you are not enough for yourself. You are made for something else, someone else. Um, you are made to live in communion. And so you actually need other people. You need to be serving somebody in order to be happy because it's what you're made to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, if you're not serving, if you're only serving yourself, you're just going to be miserable. It's going to be, it's going to feel good. You know, you're going to be full. You're going to be rested. You know, you're going to have all, a lot of entertainment. But you are going to have zero things that satisfy in your life. And you actually won't be rested. Well, I mean, like, you get plenty of sleep. Okay. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know? Because you won't feel at rest. You're not going to be tired. Because, well, there's plenty of people who get more than enough sleep and still no. feel tired. Well, maybe. But you're going to get a lot of sleep. Right. If that's what you want. You know, because yeah. all you're doing is serving yourself. So, uh, it's just... Yeah, like that idea of happiness. That's not peace. Okay, we're talking about something else. I think peace does bring happiness. Um, But actually, I don't even think that happiness is something that you should directly pursue. I think, um, like, happiness is something that you let, like, that will come. But if you, if you, I'm going to directly pursue being happy. I think that that is a it's a dangerous proposition. Well, so this is the difference. This is what modernity like. This is the 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 uh, trap of modernity, right? Because modernity says that happiness is a a like feeling that you get, uh, you know, that makes for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but what you know, even Aristotle and then Aquinas and Augustine, Aquinas, they all pick up on this, you know, saying like, no, 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 uh, you should pursue happiness because. Uh, cause we're, we're, uh, we're made 
for happiness, for the beatitude of, of being with God. Mm-hmm. But the understanding of what that is, is it, it's an arduous path of living the life of virtue. So you should, you should pursue happiness. With it the depends, right, like once again, with the right understanding of what happiness is. What even is happiness? I know what joy is. I know what contentment is. You know, but like, where does happiness? To me, happiness is like this shallow idea that kind of goes along with some of these more meaningful things in life. Um, but it's like happiness is like, what is that like? Kiddie pool stuff. You know, no. like to admit, and once again, that's just because I'm this is not like, understanding what it is, pot, right. you know, but I know what joy is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know about pursuing joy. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of joy in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I have a lot of happiness in my life, you know, like that kind of stuff in the middle between being joyful and content, you know, and uh, like having a, a sense of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Happiness to me is like that kind of middle. The stuff in the middle between all those things. No, I don't think that's the understanding of what happens. That's happiness just like is. how I feel about it, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't come prepared for to talk about this. Tell so. us what you know, though. <laughs> don't hide I, it from no, us. I, but I, no, I just think that I mean this is this is the whole question that a lot of philosophers have have taken on. Uh, that like how how do we pursue the good life? Okay. Right. How do we? Because what do the, what do they mean by the good life? A virtuous life. Right. And like how like how do we how do we live a, a a life of happiness of like of of, of beatitude? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we live the, this? So, life? do you have a like a good definition for ha- like apart from joy? You know, I don't. How to, the top you of know, my like, head. I mean, I, how, how to distinguish it from well, joy? I think I think to what I'm is getting is similar to the definition of peace that it comes in an order, right? When you have like a well a well lived life, a well balanced life. So that's that's where I was trying to connect peace and happiness because, like, it depends on what you root your happiness in. If you're rooting your happiness in how much money you have in your bank account, you're gonna be a lot more fluctuating. There is like, are you happiness? Can you find a lot of happiness in the things that you're thankful for, in the simple things? Yeah, but so it's. I think it comes with that that balance of. Can you define it like? Can you distinguish it from joy? Yeah, because I think you can be happy and be sad at the same time. And you cannot be joy and be sad at the same time. Okay, so how would you define it? I would say happiness is... Uh, let's do an episode... Hold on. Let, okay. let's, table, let's table all of this. And let's have an episode on happiness. Okay. Let's okay. get like... Instead of like hypothetically, let's all like just yeah. throw out some... It's some like one things. of those things is like, yeah, I know, like, I know what happiness because is. I have, I, I have some pretty good notes on happiness. I've already like... I've okay. semi prepared for for an episode on this. All right, and so I'd like to like instead of like very good sh- shooting our shot here, like let's let's table it and like let's talk about that at a Juan, later time. Table that, please. I'd be happy to. Thank you. That was more directed towards David than Juan, but he's the one who brought it up. <laughs> he did. You were the one that brought it up. No, I asked about peace he asked and happiness. about peace and happiness. Oh, okay. You know. I didn't bring it up. I was just me. trying to answer his question. Okay. For once, the sidetrack was my fault. Okay. I should own up to it. <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll have, Quick. Ep- we'll have an episode on happiness. Turn it off before something else happens. Oh, are we done? Yeah. Okay. Oh, do you want to keep going? Well, I mean, we didn't talk about... Le- we didn't talk about, like, a lot of things. We talked about peace. Leisure, we talked... We, like, that's a whole other subject. 
Okay. Just because we're not going to talk about everything that overlaps with peace. I just like to talk about. I know Joseph you do. Pieper. I like, know if you we do. can't talk about I'm it, sorry, like, Adam. You have to like. You know, what? I'll control, table it. control your own you know passions I'll, here. I'll, I'll okay. Table, I'll You'll table be more this peaceful. For another. You'd be more peaceful if you control your passions on this subject. I'll table this for another time. Okay. <laughs> Quick, turn it off. <laughs> Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, Hear and answer me. Amen.